so I want to talk to you about this concept of faith through love. It's really not anything I've ever even thought about before until I read the Scripture that speaks specifically to this. Last week, as we were addressing legalism, we talked about the Jews that said, yeah, Jesus is good back in Paul's day, and, um, but let's not lose sight of circumcision, how important that circumcision was to uh, these converts in this Roman province of Galatia as these, the church was gathering. And I want to just point out the verse, if you could put that up for us in Galatians. It's, it's going to be on the bottom of your uh, notes, and we're going to get to that. But it's Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, and it says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. But would you say this phrase with me? But faith working through love. Let's say that one more time. Faith working through love. So what we're going to do is drive toward that, and I want to try and bring some illustrations and analogies to help you understand uh, the overall big concept uh, in this. So I, I think that it's a really interesting thing when we start uh, evaluating, you know, where is that person coming from? Like, have you ever talked to somebody and, like, you got a reaction and you, you, you realize, oh, there's more to this than face value. Where's that person coming from? They're coming, you know, something's going on that's producing a reaction. And, and many times uh, we don't really give enough credence or consideration to that. So I want us to see that and understand that today. And we're going we're gonna to do a little exercise together to kind of start down this journey and get this picture clear because it's important to build on the foundation of this. So I'm going to ask you to help me with this and I'm going to ask you to uh, first give me a facial expression that says yes. Okay, that's a facial expression that says yes. And now give me a facial expression that says no. Okay, those are two very different facial expressions, right? Now I want you to give your neighbor a facial expression that says yes but I want you to shake your head no while you give them a facial expression that says yes. Go ahead. Right? Okay, now let's do the reverse. Now I want you to give them a facial expression that says no, but nod your head yes. Okay? Now that can be very confusing. And like you're looking at this person and you're, you're seeing something that's communicating one thing and then you're seeing something that's communicating another and you're trying to figure out because... Like, what you just did, I don't know if anybody here has ever been to Bulgaria, but you just did the Bulgarian head nod, okay? In Bulgaria, this means no. Isn't that funny? Like, in Bulgaria, that's no. And in Bulgaria, this is yes. So it can be very confusing. So yes or no depends on where you come from as to what you are actually trying to express. And so many times, ladies, can I just... Uh, talk to you for just a moment as, as you ask your husbands to help with things around the house, um, what you have to realize, many times he's speaking Bulgarian when he's responding, and that's why you perhaps don't see all the action that you anticipated that you, you know, were hoping to see and getting things done. It just depends on where you come from. I had to learn when I first started speaking in forums in the UK, they speak the same language, but they speak a very different dialogue. And um, there are some common words that we would use in America that are absolute cuss words in England. 
And I've pulled a few of those out in front of like congregations of people before. And in one instance, actually had the pastor come up and interrupt my message and say, I just want to tell you folks, we're not starting a new doctrine here. And everybody's laughing and I have no idea what he's talking about. And he sits down and he never explained to me. So can you imagine that I'm continuing to speak, realizing I must have done something pretty bad. I'll spare you the details. But uh, there are some very common words in the UK that are utter cuss words to us. Would you like for me to rip a few off for you? Uh, like very common there. And so like a few of, you know, different people that I've met have come up and they've just used them. And I'm like, ha, 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 what? wait a second. Like, we're not supposed to talk like that, are we? Because like, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, it depends on where you come from. Your perspective absolutely depends on where you come from. Your expression utterly depends on where you come from. Where someone is coming from is vitally important. And this is why, because first blank, where you are coming from matters because your point of origin will always determine your frame of reference. Your point of origin will always determine your frame of reference. I had a guy recently talk with me and he had uh, met this girl and they'd been dating for about six weeks and she started sending him all these messages saying, I really need you to tell me that you love me too. I've been saying I love you for the last few weeks and you've not said I love you and I really need you to, to tell me that you love me too. And, and he asked me, what do you think? And you know what I said? Where is she coming from? Like you know someone for six weeks and, and you're in that mode? You know, where are you coming from? I mean, there are some things that have obviously taken place that were creating and fostering something deep within this individual that was searching and putting a demand. How many of you know where you're coming from will determine the demands you place on other people's lives? I mean, this is such an important element and it's why we have to learn to come from the point of God's love for our overall frame of reference in our lives. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 11. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Verse 10, very important verse in all what we're saying. This is love. I mean, this is kind of wild what he says here. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us. We're, we're going to need to understand that a little bit, but let's read on first. Not that, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, then let's start from that point of origin. You, you see where I'm driving with this. Let's start here. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I want to just say to you, all of us need to understand God's love always needs to be where we're coming from. God's love always needs to be where we're coming from. It'll, be, it'll affect our demands we place on others. It'll affect our expressions. It'll affect our vernacular. It'll, 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 it'll absolutely impact every dimension of our expression. We must come from God's love. So that, that verse was so interesting. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. And we need to understand that. And I say this often over the course of years. I've not said it in a while, so I made it your, your next blank if you'll fill this in. God did not love us back. God loved us first. He didn't love us back. He loved us first. So 
that's just in and of itself really helping to define the point of origin from which we come that will then establish our frame of reference for, I mean, how many of you in this room would agree with me right off the bat, we do not deserve to be loved by God. Can I just see anybody just, you know, we do not deserve to be loved by God. And I'm just speaking of our human element and our actions and all those things, but yet he says we're worthy of his love. So through Christ, we absolutely deserve to be loved by God. And this is where we were last week talking about legalism and the, the, the striving that we tend to, to awaken within ourselves to try and earn something. And we would never say it that way, but we're trying to earn a greater place of feeling. We kind of medicate how we feel God might feel about us by the works that we try to accomplish and perform. And we have to get past that and step away from that and let our point of origin not be our awesome commitment to God. But our point of origin needs to be God's amazing devotion to us. And there's there's this two comparison of two disciples and their attitudes in Scripture, and and it really breaks this down uh, really, really well. In Mark 14, there's this whole story. I don't have the verses for you, but just kind of reference it. But you know the story where Peter's talking with Jesus, and and Jesus is there and and, and says, somebody's going to betray me. And what does Peter do? Absolutely not. I'm committed to you. I'm devoted to you. Let me tell you about my commitment to you, Jesus. I am so committed to you that no matter what, I'm willing to die to express my commitment to you. And in the same chapter of life, we find Peter falling asleep, unable to stay the course in a place of prayer and support for Jesus. And in the same chapter, anybody anybody ever feel this way? Like you express total devotion and commitment, and then like you fall off the planet and you fall asleep and you're not, anybody here? Anybody feel wishy-washy, okay? That's what was going on with, with Peter. And so not only did he fall asleep, but then he absolutely did exactly what he said he wasn't going to do. And he denies Jesus three times. I'll die, if I have to die, I'm so committed to God, even if I have to die. Yet Peter was nowhere to be found when Jesus was hanging on the cross. John was. John had a very different approach to Jesus. In fact, John was the one that was always laying his head on on Jesus' chest. John had this endearing, loving, compassionate, unique connection with Jesus. And in fact, the book of John, the gospel of John, reveals something unique about John's perspective. Uh, because again, realize at the cross, there was only one disciple standing there that was a man, and, and, and his name was John. Peter wasn't there, who was committed to, to Jesus, but John was there. So what was John's take on all of this? Well, it's interesting, because we find in Scripture, John nineteen twenty six, it, it speaks of how Jesus saw his mother and the disciple who Jesus loved standing nearby. The disciple who Jesus loved. Who is this disciple that Jesus loved? It's John. In fact, we read in Scripture five times, John is the disciple that Jesus loved. Do you know where those five references to the disciple that Jesus loved are found? All in the book of John. All all five. And I don't think John was trying to say, I'm awesome. I think John simply had a revelation of the love of Jesus Christ, where Peter was standing saying, I'm devoted to you. I'll never leave. I don't care what it takes. I can voice commitment every day of the week. That's who I am. I'm so committed to God. But John said, you're so committed to me. Your love for me will sustain me beyond any area of commitment that I can ever bring myself to the table. Are you thankful for the love of God today? Would you take about 30 seconds right now and just thank God for his 
wonderful love, his transforming love. He loves us. God loves us. This is a really important element because that, that point of origin changes everything about your frame of reference. The kingdom of God is built on something much stronger than our religious devotion to God. Aren't you glad for that? The kingdom of God is built on something much stronger than our religious devotion to God. The kingdom of God is built on God's love for us. It's fantastic. Like, I'm, I, I, you know, I've got stuff to say. I just want to bask in a moment where we're really coming to a greater understanding that, like, the kingdom is built on His love. We're all fickle. We're all on and off and up and down and in and out and sometimes supportive and sometimes not, and sometimes shouting, sometimes shouting. Right? Have you seen that commercial where the, the girl, and she's standing in front of her car, and she's saying the same words as the guy standing in front of his car, and hers is a new car, and his is a wrecked car, and they're saying the same words, only in different expressions. How many of you know we're all capable in the same sentence of going from both those places, right? The kingdom of God is built on something so much stronger than our devotion to God. It's built on God's love for us. Now, this is really important. That text that we read in 1 John 4 goes on, and it says a little later in the chapter, in verse 18 actually, perfect love casts out fear. And I want to drive you down a road as we understand something today. And I, I really felt like God was asking me uh, this week, what do you have faith for? What do you have faith for? As I'm standing up in front of our Destiny family today, God's asking me, what am I having faith for? And I had to really check myself and evaluate because it's a lot easier just to get up and do the stuff I feel like I'm supposed to do than it is to really evaluate what God's trying to accomplish in me in the process of doing it and release among us whenever we step into our role together. My faith is that something is about to be awakened within every person in this room that takes us to a deeper place of revelation of God's love that will affect and impact devotion on our lives and all those things, but it's a greater revelation, an awakening of God's love that that suddenly causes us to function in an entirely different realm, an entirely different uh, level than where we've been. How many of you want to be more of what God's called you to be? More. I, I just want to take at least a step forward today. And that's my faith. I, that, that's where my faith is. Every person in this room is about to take a step forward in their faith. Like, it's going to look different for every one of us. But if you're here under the sound of my voice, you're here on purpose today. Some of you are here often, some of you are here not. But if you're here today, my faith is such, and God asked, as he did Solomon, what do you want? And that's what I said. Lord, let every person in the room, every single person in the room, young and old, every person today, take one step forward in their faith. Perfect love casts out fear. This will change, when you get a revelation of God's love, it will change the way you pray. Perfect love casts out fear. Will you say that with me? Perfect love casts out fear. So let's, let's be honest. 
Many times when we pray, it's because we have fear, not because we have faith. Let it sink in. So many times when we pray, it's not because we have faith. It's because something comes our way and suddenly we have fear. Where you come from matters. Where you come from matters. So we need to come from a point of faith that we see working in this expression of love, the love of God. And so something happens and, and a symptom hits us and, and, and what do we do? How many of you are really good at Google? And, uh, you know, a symptom hits, and you go online, and you find the 15 ways you can die from the symptom you just discovered in your body. What you're doing is you're feeding something in you called the worrier. And you're dressing it up, calling it the warrior, but it's not the warrior you're feeding when you do that. It's the worrier you're feeding when you do that. Fear produces warriors. Faith produces warriors. So you want to write that in. We want to remember that. Fear produces warriors. Faith produces warriors. So when a symptom hits you, whatever that symptom may be, rather than filling your mind with a strength to the warrior inside, turn to your God and begin to thank Him for your revelation of His love for you. You understand? This is very different. Come on, let's do. Let's all just thank Him right now. There's something we have to release here today. There's something you have to release today. Come on, press in and release it. Engage your heart and declare, we have shown up here on purpose. We've come together on an assignment from God. Every person in this room is taking a step forward in their faith today. And this might be the key that really unlocks that for us. Because many times, isn't it true, a symptom comes our way, a situation comes our way, and we react by trying to present this expression of boldness, bless God. And suddenly it becomes more about our devotion to God than it is understanding God's love for us. I just want you to understand something. We live in a fallen world, and there's, there's stuff that you're not going to be able to explain that takes place in a fallen world. I wish I had answers for everything, every question people want to ask me. I do not have answers for questions, many times the questions that people are asking. I have to just say, we live in a fallen world, but come on, we serve a risen king, and he will take every situation if we will simply place it in his hands, and he will begin to do something that no man can do when we allow God to have his way. But if we get all hung up on our commitment and our devotion, then we're much like Peter and we're not enough like John. And we need to be more like John. And understand, regardless of what comes my way, it does not change the fact God loves me. And when that's our point of origin, do you understand? When that is our point of origin, it changes our frame of reference. 
When we pray and we don't see immediate results and transition taking place, or this is going to happen, believing God for that, and it doesn't happen the way that we, that we think it should, have, should happen, then it's easy for us to start coming to wrong conclusions, and we start thinking, well, what have I done wrong? What, maybe God doesn't love me. I mean, all these wrong, erroneous conclusions begin to be born out of this, and, and nothing can be further from the truth. The Scripture says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, the verse we started with, and I want you to hear, you'll have to fill in the blank after this, so listen to a pop question for you, pop quiz. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision, circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but say it with me, faith working through love. Wow. Faith works through love. If I had more love for God, I'd have more faith. Nope. This is not about your devotion to Him. This is about His devotion to us. And that changes everything. When we move into a place of fear and we don't have this revelation of love, I want you to hear, because these are the things that are all completely fresh ideas to me. And I want, to just, I want to say them in a way that we can rehearse them together, think them through a little bit. When we move into a place of fear and frustration, rather than remaining in faith, we begin to identify ourselves and wrap up our own identity in whatever it was that did not change. When we allow our identity to be wrapped up in the things in our lives that haven't changed in the timing we thought that they would, they would change, then this is what happens. Love gets dismissed. And we become reduced to people with a problem, driven by that problem, lacking intimacy with God. How many of you know people driven by a problem who lack intimacy with God do not understand or have a revelation of God's love, therefore faith working through love is a very difficult thing to happen. When we, are, when we reduce our lives to simply being people with a problem, driven to God, then we start looking at the Bible as more of a, a principal book that can help us get out of the situation we're in than what it really is, the love letters God's written to awaken something within us. I mean, those are beautiful letters written to us as people, and like he kisses his word. We should never merely read the book. We should always sit with the author and in this place of intimate communion with God, whether our mind understands all the stuff we're reading or not, it's really irrelevant. Stay the course. You're feeding your spirit. You're nourishing something within you. Faith does come by hearing, and hearing does come by the word of God, and faith then is awakened within us, and it begins to work through love as we have a revelation of God's love, God's love becomes our uh, point of origin, and it begins to establish and develop and transform our frame of reference. I'm so thankful for God's love. Where you come from matters. <laughs> Would you agree? Tell me in Bulgarian. 
Where you come from matters. <laughs> now you're all confusing me. Some of you just stay in the course with this and some of you are doing that. Maybe you were already telling me in, in Bulgarian, shut up, Pastor. <laughs> Big idea question. Lance here. Is the love of Jesus your point of origin determining your frame of reference? 